Today's podcast is sponsored by Wonderful Pistachios, where delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts out there, and each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. It is no secret how much I love pistachios. I love pistachios. It is part of my identity, and honestly, there are so many fantastic flavors. My personal favorite is the wonderful pistachios no salt. It has a little blue emblem on it for the bag. So delicious. I know others love the roasted and salted, even lightly salted. There's a sweet chili that's good, a salt and pepper. There are so many options, and you can have them in the shell or no shell. Cracking each pistachio open one at a time? Yes, wonderful pistachios is the only exception I make for playing with my food. It is fun and protein all in one bite. Go ahead and visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more or pick up a bag at your local store. Let's get to cracking and let's get to snacking. Welcome to the Fun and Gains Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Lupton, and let the gains begin. What's up, you guys? Hello, and welcome back to the Fun and Gains podcast. We have a very special guest here with us today coming from Canada. We've got Miss Haley Perry. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here today. Brett, thanks so much for having me. I am so stoked to have you. A little backstory. Haley and I have met. It was, was it before I had Vinny? Was I pregnant? Like years ago. I think you were pregnant. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I even remember I was wearing a red dress and I had a little bump and we ate at Fresh Kitchen Oat. What is that place? In True, True Foods. Foods. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. So you're the one who introduced me to that. I'm obsessed. I went like every week after because that was back when I lived in Arizona and it was so fun. It's so good. You had come from Canada. Was your friend, was it Megan, the other friend you were with? Yeah. Yeah. She used to be Meg's Fitways on Instagram. I think she's now Meg Spear. Um, we used to do these little trips because she lives in New York and I live in Canada. So we would pick a random state and do like a little girls weekend trip. And then when we saw we were going to Arizona, we were like, we'll have to ask Brittany if she'll hang out with us. I felt so honored. It was so fun to be able to meet up. I feel like that's always such a fun time when you get to meet people in person and see, you know, how's the vibe? What are they really all about? So totally. No, it was awesome. We loved you in person. So oh, loved you. It was amazing. I was like, oh, can you live here? I need some friends down here in Arizona. So it was I'm awesome. Move. You're in Michigan now, right? I am in Michigan now. And you're on the west side of Canada, right? Yeah, I'm in Vancouver, okay. Canada. So way on the west coast. Okay. Yeah, I'm on the east coast. I'm like pretty close to Toronto, which is cool. That was awesome to be able to meet you in person, as well as I did all of your videos during the lockdown. It was like yoga with like booty work or something. No, that was me uh, yeah. once a week doing oh. your videos. Oh, I love to hear that. Let's give a little intro of you. We want to hear who you are, what you do. A lot has happened since we've spoken, but I've been able to follow your journey. So I'd love everyone to hear. Yeah. So I guess by trade or by work, I am a physiotherapist and I specialize in pelvic floor therapy. Um, so that's a huge part of who I am, what I do. And then as Brittany was saying, I have always taught yoga and Pilates during the lockdown days. I was on YouTube doing follow along classes. Um, and now I still continue to teach in-person classes here in Vancouver. And I share my wellness, my workouts, my lifestyle on social media as well. I was just going to say it's lots of people are often like, oh, that's so many things on your plate but at the end of the day it comes down to connecting with people to be healthier so they all come 
together, even though it sounds like it's this like long list of things it, in my heart kind of feels like just one big thing that I do. Yes. And you do an amazing job at it. I feel like your page just radiates positivity and light. And I love that. And you have such a great background on education as well, which I'm a big fan of, especially when there's a lot of emotional and mental aspects when it comes to a health and fitness journey, where we want to make sure people aren't having bad habits taught or brought in. So having any kind of expertise or schooling and background in that, I love. So do you want to tell last time you were in school? So do you want to give a spiel about what schooling you did, your kind of career path, maybe if someone else wants to go into that as well? Yeah. So I think it's pretty much the same in Canada um, and the U.S. that for physio, you do have to do an undergrad degree first. I did mine in kinesiology because I already knew that I loved fitness and movement, wanted to be in that realm in some capacity. Uh, and then after here in Canada, it's a master's degree. Um, so I did my master's in physiotherapy, which was about two, two and a half years. Um, and then after that, I started working as a general physiotherapist. So sports related injuries, um, stuff along those lines. And then very quickly, I discovered the world of pelvic floor physical therapy. And at first I was very intimidated. I was like, oh, I don't know if I can, you know, speak on this. And it felt like this huge area to learn that was so unknown because for a lot of us, we don't even talk that much about our pelvic health, that like intimate kind of side of healthcare that it felt so unknown. But I'm very glad that I dove in because it's been such a rewarding area to work in. So that's kind of how I got from A to B. Like you said, last time I saw you, I was in school. So it was kind of graduating physio school and then just doing um, all the additional postgraduate pelvic floor training. Was that something that you can specifically go into? Like when you're a physiotherapist, can you pick a specialty and that's the one that you chose? Yeah, it's not the same as like a medical residency where you you pick your specialty and that's what you're going to do for the end of time. We're kind of lucky in physiotherapy, similar to people in nursing, I would say that you can kind of choose that you're going to specialize in this area for a while. And then if, you know, five, 10 years down the road, you decide you're interested in something completely different, you have that opportunity to kind of pivot and explore, learn something else. That's awesome. I think that that's really cool. And as soon as I knew you were into pelvic floor, I was like, we have to have you on the podcast because as a mom, that is something that is something you don't even think about until postpartum. And I'm like, I wish I knew even a little bit more. I, as a personal trainer, I had a little bit more knowledge than the average woman, I feel like, but really going into it, why is it important to focus on our pelvic floor? Like even before we have children, like now, pregnancy and postpartum. Why is that important? Yeah, definitely. And I think your experience is a pretty typical experience where the average person has no idea what the pelvic floor is, why the heck it matters until after either something goes wrong with it, or usually when they're pregnant or giving birth. And I think it's so important for people to know that a, everyone has a pelvic floor. It doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl listening, you still have a pelvic floor and it's still important. The big reasons like that are easiest to explain without talking your ear off for two hours about why it's important, um, <laughs> I would say is that we know, I think those of us in fitness and wellness, we know that our core is so important and our pelvic floor is best friends with the core. They work really closely together. A lot of us know posture is important. We try and take care of our low back and the pelvic floor works, you know, really closely with the low back as well. But for some reason, the pelvic floor, I don't know, it has a bad like PR marketing team for some reason. It just gets really left behind. Um, I do think that's changing. I think 
um, at least people I follow, is starting to be talked about more, um, especially in the context of pre and postnatal. I think something a lot of people don't realize is the pelvic floor is huge for our bowel, bladder, and sexual health. I think a lot of people think pregnancy, maybe they know it helps with the core, but it is really important for those functions as well. And I think sometimes people may be having symptoms with their sexual health or their bladder, and they may not even realize that it's pelvic floor related until they start working on it and putting those pieces together. If you were to give a basic 101, somebody, this is their first time hearing pelvic floor. What is that? Yeah, that's a really good question. So if you kind of think about on your own body, the pelvic floor is like it sounds, it's the floor of your whole pelvis, the floor of your torso. So it's wrapping around where your genitals are, where your anus is. So it sits kind of between your pubic bone at the front. It goes all the way to your tailbone at the back and then fans out to form this little bowl or basket. And then in that little bowl or basket is your bladder, your reproductive organs, all of that. So it sits really nice and low. Um, At the front, it does connect a little bit to your core muscles. Like I said, it does connect up a little bit with the low back um, at the lowest part of your low back. So that's where it is. Um, Do we want to know how to how to try feeling it for everyone listening here? Yes. Yes. So for feeling your pelvic floor, we just we just learned where it sits in your body and what I talked about just earlier is that it controls our bowel and bladder. So really key is that a lot of people will use bladder cues to feel their pelvic floor move. So when we contract our pelvic floor, if you listening, really think about imagining like you're really, really trying to hold your pee you can probably feel those muscles tightening and like lifting up everything, hugging it. And, and that's your pelvic floor tightening, contracting or flexing. And then the opposite is if you think about when you're on the toilet and you're letting your pee go, you feel like this little bit of a push, a little bit of like a heaviness, a drop. That's what fully lengthening or basically stretching your pelvic floor feels. Um, So hopefully you could feel a little bit of those muscles moving when we just went through that. Thank you. I love that. I think it's something that needs to be talked about. It doesn't need to be embarrassing. It doesn't need to be shy or swept under the rug because it is part of our health. And if we're really interested in taking care of mind, body, and everything, it needs to be talked about and brought up, which is really important. If somebody is also new to this, why is that important to either work on helping our pelvic floor? I mean, what what is the proper term? Like not strengthening it, but... Yeah, I would say what I like to think about with the pelvic floor is it, at the end of the day, it's a muscle. And I think sometimes people forget that like at the root of it, the pelvic floor is just a group of muscles. So I think most of us are pretty good at knowing, like if we're thinking about like our quads, we know that they should be strong, but that we should also stretch them, foam roll them, like take care of them as well. We're not just going to do, hopefully not like a million squats and never do anything to take care of them. And I think it's the same way with the pelvic floor. Yes, we want them to be strong. Um, Being strong is really helpful for um, helping protect against low back injuries. Sometimes people that have low back injuries that they just can't get to the root of, it's because their pelvic floor is really weak and it's not providing that stability down below. So your back is having to work too hard or incorrectly. Um, It's really important for helping with your core. Definitely, if you're planning on getting pregnant at any point in your life, you want to start improving its health as soon as possible. And then on the flip side, just like we were talking about the quads, you do want to still care for it. You want to be able to relax it too. 
I would say that's kind of the biggest, not myth, but the biggest thing that I kind of don't like on social media is there is more and more buzz about strengthening the pelvic floor, doing Kegels, exercises for it. And people forget that it's a muscle. We need to do the relaxation of it, not be walking around with those muscles super tight and flexed all the time. Um, because if you are walking around with really tight pelvic floor, um, that can lead to um, issues with being able to fully empty your bladder. A lot of people with constipation don't actually realize that it's their pelvic floor is way too tight that it can't release for you to have a proper bowel movement. Yeah. There's lots of things like that where people don't realize it has to do with their pelvic floor. Kind of like with sports injuries too, right? Like sometimes you have a knee injury and then it actually is something coming from your ankle. It's the same thing that sometimes you don't obviously know it's the pelvic floor. So keeping it healthy to begin with is so key for preventing bowel bladder issues, um, you know, low back pain, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. I know as postpartum to help recontrol the bladder, because when you're pregnant you've got a good old you know, seven, eight pound baby, plus all of the water weight, just pushing constantly on that to be able to strengthen it. So, you know, you don't pee yourself or anything. And it's funny because you laugh at it a little bit, but those muscles are really weak after you've gone through childbirth. And so I remember them. I mean, no one really told me that at the hospital, but I knew having my background that that was important for me to focus on. So I slowly went into that. Um, And even like, as a personal trainer and I wrote a postpartum program, I was like, focus on it so much because I knew how important that was for me and no one told me. So I was like passing, trying to pass that along because it's things you don't think about. Totally. Yeah. I think there's definitely a lack of education on the pelvic floor. And I think people are starting to get better about after pregnancy, learning about those strengthening exercises because of fantastic programs like yours. I would say sometimes there's still confusion when people are pregnant. Um, they oftentimes people think that yes, baby's getting heavy. I just have to get my pelvic floor as strong as possible. And again, strengthening is really important, but you've given birth. Um, if you're planning on having a vaginal birth, the baby is going through your pelvic floor. So you also want those muscles to be very flexible. You want to be able to relax them. You do not want to try and have birth with pelvic floor muscles that are like in their max flexed position either. Um, so I think in pregnancy and in life, the earlier you start learning how to both strengthen and relax those muscles, it's just going to make so many different things easier along the way. I would love to hear what are some exercises or practices that we can do for both relaxation as well as strengthening so that we get the best of both. Yeah. So I think relaxation wise, um, and something I haven't touched on yet is that the pelvic floor also really interacts with how we breathe when we're breathing deeply. So one of the best things that you can do for your pelvic floor is as you're inhaling and exhaling, if you're taking those really big breaths, you know, where you're feeling your belly move, If your belly is like really expanding with the inhale and relaxing with the exhale, you should, if you start to tune in, be able to feel those pelvic floor muscles that we talk about kind of mimic what your belly is doing. So when you're taking that big breath in, your belly's puffing, you should feel like your pelvic floor is kind of expanding outwards. And then when you're breathing out, your abdomen kind of like contracts, tightens back in, that's when your pelvic floor should be tightening back in. So 
I feel like for anyone, like that's just a really easy thing. Um, give yourself a few big breaths when you're stretching at the end of your workout, for example, and see if you can feel that pelvic floor really move as you're breathing. And that can be step one of just getting your brain kind of linked to your pelvic floor and building up mind muscle connection. If you're not having symptoms, you don't have to go doing a million Kegels or a million contractions, but just knowing where those muscles are, making sure you're able to feel the muscle move in both directions is a really great place to start. Certainly if you're, you know, wanting to work on relaxing the pelvic floor, a lot of stretches that we do for our hips, like a butterfly stretch, like your pigeon stretch that you would do, all of those do stretch the pelvic floor a little bit. So you can be getting some good relaxation in it. Um, if you're already doing a lot of kind of like hip opening, um, exercises, and then on the flip side, the contraction is doing what we talked about earlier, where you're pretending to kind of hold your pee up and in, you can play around with reps and sets as you would in the gym. You can try and tighten it up and hold it for 10 seconds. You can see if you can do it really quick. And as long as you're always balancing out the time you're spending, if you're, you know, playing around with um, tightening it up for a minute, you want to spend a minute doing a stretch or breathing or something that's going to help calm it down and balance it out. I have never heard of making sure it's also relaxed too. So I, I have definitely taken that. So that's awesome to make sure we're getting both of those in. Thank you so much for that. Is there any specific advice you would give anybody who is pregnant right now or postpartum? Or do you think that we have covered that? I would say, and what I say to my pregnant clients is as you're navigating the world of fitness, and I'm sure, you know, this is something that you went through as well is I am a strong believer that our bodies kind of have one big goal at a time when it comes to our like training routines. Um, for instance, like some people they're training for, um, aesthetics if they're bodybuilding and that's going to be their biggest goal. Um, some people are training for a marathon or they're training for lifting weight, like as heavy as they can, they're a power lifter. And it's very, very hard to kind of tackle more than one overarching goal at once from a very physical standpoint. And when you're growing a baby, like that is your body's number one goal. And I think sometimes it's hard. So many people are so motivated and it can be hard to, you know, quote unquote, see yourself losing progress and maybe your strength or you're not running as fast or you're seeing your body change in a different way. And I think remembering and coming back to that idea of you know, your body has one goal, it's growing a human. And then after recovering from growing a human, um, it's really helpful if you have questions on, should I still be running? Is it okay if I'm still weightlifting? I think if it's something that is making you feel good and healthy and in your mind, it's something that's helping support that goal of growing a baby, then that's kind of a good, a good checkpoint. Um, if you're, you know, 38 weeks pregnant and still all out sprinting at, you know, a super intense hit class, I think checking in, is that supporting that goal of um, growing a baby? Or is that something that's more um, supporting prior goals you may have had before you were pregnant? Thank you. I love that. And I know for myself, when I was pregnant, I, it took me a second to be like, yeah, goals 100% shift from just wanting to have a healthy pregnancy and just trying to do all that I can as a mom, bringing that in. So love that. Thank you so much. I would love to know what does your day-to-day -day look like? 
with trying to balance work, your own health? What does your work schedule look like? How are you able to balance both? Because I know a lot of people, it's tough to find time for classes or for passions or hobbies that they have outside of work when work can take up a lot of time. Yeah, absolutely. And I hear that. And that's definitely something I would say as I transitioned from a student to working full time, which I'm sure a lot of you listening have gone through that um, shift, your wellness and your fitness, your lifestyle is going to change too. Um, And I think being open and flexible makes your wellness and fitness routine so much easier. I think that maybe that sounds a little bit like a contradiction because we're used to being like, no, we have to be in a very strict routine. But for me, what's been most helpful is shifting away from my workout has to be an hour in the gym, like at XYZ period of time, being able to shift into some days my workout may look like literally going for a 20 minute run because that's all I have time for has been so helpful in that I can still enjoy that workout I'm doing without being guilty that it's not, you know, as long as I thought it should be, or I'm, you know, messing up my workout split or anything like that. Um, I also think that there is a lot of power. If any of you follow me on the little things that you do throughout the day, I'm always chatting on my social media about walking. Um, even if you don't have time for a workout, if you can start adding in little bits of walking throughout your day, it is going to be such a game changer for your physical health, your mental health. So for me, that looked like I literally only made my commute to work and home, I think like 10, 15 minutes longer to walk instead of drive. And I love it. I feel so much more awake, so much more alert at work. And my walk is about 30 minutes each way. So even if like life gets crazy, when I get home from work, I have plans. At least I've still gotten in an hour of movement throughout the day. So I think my two biggest takeaways is be flexible, find that little bit of movement, like find ways to make it work for you. And just trust that your routine may look different now than it did when you're in a different phase of life. It may look different compared to people you follow or people you see, but if it's working for you, if you feel good, um, that's really all that matters. That is so cool that you walk to work. I love that. I do. I do. And it's really funny because um, sometimes when I comment or when I post about that, I get comments from people and they're like, well, you must live somewhere that's sunny all the time. <laughs> and and I'm like, I live in Canada. Like I will walk in my snow boots. I will put my raincoat and my umbrella on. Wow. So I think it's one of those things where, you know, if you get into a little bit of like doing it. Like the first time I walked in the rain, I was like, this kind of sucks. But then I got so used to walking, being a part of my daily routine that now like the off time, if I carpool, my partner works at the hospital too. So if me and my fiance are carpooling and I don't walk to work, I feel so groggy when I'm at work. So I love it. I'm the biggest proponent. If you work a nine to five, especially if you're at a desk, like if there's any way, even if you can walk part of your commute to work, or what I used to do when I had to drive to work, um, I would always walk at lunchtime. Even if you only have 10 minutes, go outside, move your body a little bit. And it is such a game changer for not needing like that afternoon coffee or like having the three o'clock slump. You know what? I actually can kind of relate because when we moved to Minnesota and I was still working my nine to five, my commute was so funny. So we had like a little bus that would pick us up from our apartment and it would bring us downtown. But then I had a 15 to 20 minute walk from downtown to my office. But in Rochester, Minnesota, because it's at the Mayo Clinic, 
they have tunnels. So we'd walk like in the winter underground and all of these like random tunnels, like to our work. And I, that was my favorite thing to do. I actually still to this day, I'm like, I loved when I got to have that walk, I would listen to something or just like be in my own thoughts. And it really does make you feel alert and awake. And I just always felt like so ready for the day. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry a bunch of different stressors. Recently, Darian and I are working through moving, him graduating, taking boards, wrapping up things here in Michigan, and our cross-country move to Florida. Like us, I assume that you also probably have a lot of things that are going on in your life and some stressors, whether they are big or small. And oftentimes we can keep them bottled up and then it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy can be a safe place for you to get things off of your chest and try to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, go ahead and give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Brit today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Brit. Skincare from the sea. You got that right. I'm introducing you to the brand Osea. If you have not heard of them yet, this company is called OSEA. It stands for Ocean, Sun, Earth, and Atmosphere, and it is an amazing skincare and body care company. This company is vegan and cruelty-free. They're climate neutral certified and ocean positive. It is a clean beauty company. It checks all of the boxes. I love these products so much. I actually gave some away to some of you for the local event so that you could try them as well. Some of the favorite ones that I use are the body oil and lotion. And then I also love the hyaluronic serum and the ID puff serum. And every time I use them, I feel so luxurious. They also have a few gift sets that are going on for Mother's Day, which is really fun. They have a glow and go facial set and then a golden glow body set. I'm definitely going to get my mom one of these. I just don't know which yet. So go ahead and treat yourself or your mom to the everyday spa experience that you deserve. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code FUNGAINS at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head over to OseaMalibu.com and use code FUNGAINS for 10% off. Yeah. And it's so nice because I think if you like, if you have a really exhausting day at work, sometimes it's really hard to have the mental energy to like push yourself in a really intense workout. I totally, but there's something about walking where like, you're still de-stressing, you're still moving your body, but I just feel like it's way less, um, I don't know, like intimidating to do after work when you're tired. Um, so yeah, I'm a huge, huge fan of walking whenever you can. I'm people, I always get messages of people being like, I think I saw you walking on the bridge. I think I saw you walking here. And I'm always like, yeah, you, you probably did. Yep, that probably was me. I have also come to a place this year where my schedule has looked so different than it ever has been before with just the amount of stress and load and just, there's a lot going on right now. So I have had to come to terms of like my movement looks so different a lot of times it's me playing outside with Vinny 
for five hours and we're running and we're on the bike trail and we're riding bikes together. And then we go and we're, you know, climbing up these hills and running down them and playing soccer together, playing basketball together. And so I've kind of had a big mindset shift again, which I've loved growing into such a different person as my exercise looks so different now some days where it is hard at first to get away from that. Oh, that's got to be four days in the gym. But now, you know, if one of those days is just spent hanging around, playing and running and being outside, that is better exercise than I could get in the gym because I'm chasing a fast kid. Like today, we ended up running two miles. I'm just chasing him on a bike. Dude, I had these platform sandals on. I was not prepared. <laughs> I was not prepared for him to be biking that fast. And oh. I'm hoofing it behind him. I'm just like, clunk, clunk, clunk. Finally, after a mile, I'm like, we got to go home. I got to change my shoes. We go back out. We're still out for another two hours. Just riding bike. I'm sprinting. I'm like, why didn't I bring my bike today? It's like the one time I don't bring a bike, he's full fledged. So I love that you took that point out that there's going to be a lot of different seasons in our life and to just know that it's okay. And to accept that sometimes things are going to be a little bit different and look for different ways to move because all movement, all exercise is so important. Totally. And I know, you know, Apple watches, they're not always the most accurate. And by no means by saying that's how you should dictate your physical activity. But I do think interestingly, when I used to only do an hour hard workout in the gym, but then I would drive to work, sit like in class or at work all day, drive home, you know, sit at home to eat dinner, sit at home on the couch to, you know, do whatever on my computer. I actually would have less movement on my Apple watch compared to days when I don't even do like a typical workout, but I'm doing what you said. I'm, I don't have a child, but I like, I'm walking to work and then I walk here and then maybe I meet a friend for coffee and we walk around a little bit. And I'm always shocked how much that little bit of movement really adds up throughout the day. And I think that like, sometimes that data on an Apple watch, if you're like a data person, that is helpful to see that it's, you know, it is equal. Like you're saying, it's moving in a different way and you can still have an awesome workout, even if you're not in the gym. Yeah. There's this documentary. I think I talked about it on the podcast a couple episodes ago and I don't know. Do you have Netflix? I do. Okay. So it's like this centennial show about like this guy's trying to figure out how people are living to be 100 and almost all mm -hmm. of them walk everywhere they go. Like they don't have cars. They walk like up, you know, like people who are living in Italy, you know, with all the like cities that are like, you have to walk up all the hills. If you've ever been to Italy or Greece, there is so much walking and you just don't commute by a car. You ride a bike or you walk and it has completely like shifted my mind that we sit for breakfast, we sit in the car driving, we sit all day at work, exactly what you said, where if you just mix that up and incorporate just a little bit more walking here or there, it does it does so much for us. And it takes a little while because our body and I feel like our brain want to take the easiest route always, right? Mm -hmm, so at absolutely. first you might be a little bit more, you know, maybe lethargic, but I feel like the energy actually comes from moving more like I have more energy on days like that because I don't I don't know how to explain it there's probably some science behind it that I haven't read yet <laughs> yeah no there's definitely so much science behind moving especially if your movement at all is being outside like fresh air is so so good for us and I feel like I really see that like funny enough in my parents they're in their 60s and they've always been hardcore walking people 
they, my mom used to be into running, but they've never been, you know, doing super intense physical activity, but they're both still so healthy and so active and their walking really adds up. Like we go on a hike and they're somehow kicking my butt on the hike. And I'm always mind blown. I'm like (laughs) this living evidence that walking works. Yeah. That's incredible. Oh, your little parents thriving. I love that. I know. And I think too, like as I've gotten older and my routine has shifted and you know, you probably are kind of in the space too, where the older you get, the thing, I think the more you also start to realize that part of your fitness and your working out is about taking care of your body for the future. I know when I was in my early twenties, I was like, I want to look jacked and I want to, you know, all these things. And now I'm like, I want to be able to be hiking and walking all over the place when I'm 60, 70, 80. And that's definitely made some shifts, I would say. And so like how I view my like workout routine for sure. hundred percent. I'm realizing that even more and more as I'm like, I don't want to be the person to hold Vinny back if he wants to go outside and play basketball. And I'm like, I'm so tired. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to hold back him and his energy and his exploration and adventurous self. So like, I need to constantly step it up and be like, all right, let's do it. And Darian, my husband, he's so good at that. I don't know how he never runs out of energy. And so I'm like, man, I feel like I'm the one who's like, I'm kind of tired, but okay, we'll do it. And he's like, yeah, let's go. Let's go to even the bike trail. I'm like, oh, okay, let's do it. Yeah. So it's, I am finding that more and more myself too. So I love that. I'd love to know what do you have like favorite meals? I I don't know why I like to ask everybody because I feel like if we're in the health and fitness space, like nutrition, it's sometimes slept on a little bit. So do you have favorite like grocery store staples among the same health and fitness thing that you, that you love, you enjoy go to things? Yeah, no, I, I love this question. Um, I think for me, it's like a little bit less about recipes. I feel like I, kind of similar to like you being very hardcore about fitness. I was very hardcore about meal prepping where, you know, you have your like lean ground beef and your rice and your vegetable and like, that's what you eat. And I feel like the older I've gotten, the more I've started to like same formula, same ingredients. Like my grocery store shop looks very similar, but being more creative and how I put those things together, like adding, um, we do a lot of like taco bowls where we have that um, ground turkey or ground beef, and we're adding taco seasoning to it with rice um, and like sauteing up veggies. We'll do the same kind of formula, but maybe we'll make them into meatballs and have them on like a whole grain pasta with like a veggie sauce. So definitely like our meals are always very like reliably. Like we have chicken one night, we have beef one night, um, fish one night, but we've been trying to get more creative of like these are normal food groups that we're eating. Like let's go Google a recipe. That's like a chicken, like Thai meal and try and, um, you know, incorporate like bits of that. So like kind of just make the meal more, um, exciting and more fun. Um, and I think for us, the biggest thing is I work full time. My partner's a resident doctor. So very similar to they're, they're busy, they're busy people. Um, So something for us that's been so helpful, I think we've been doing this for about a year now, is we, when do we do this? We do this Sunday morning, we sit down and we plan what we're going to have for dinner Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like to get us through to the weekend, what we're going to have for dinner every single night. And sometimes it's annoying to be sitting there being like, what am I going to make for dinner on Thursday night on Sunday? But 
we do it. We like, you know, probably takes like 30 to 40 minutes. We like find recipes, write it all down on a big grocery list. And then we go do the grocery shop. And it's made it so much easier when we're busy where we come home and it's like Tuesday. Okay. Like we're making our taco bowls tonight. We already have all the ingredients in the fridge. And when we're exhausted after work, it's just taken so much of the like stress of like, what are we going to make for dinner? Oh no, we have to go to the store. Um, and when we have really busy weeks, sometimes we'll even like start cutting up and prepping the veggies that we're going to cook later in the week and have them like ready to go on Sunday. And I think just spending that like little bit of time that like hour, hour and a half to set yourself up on Sunday, if you and like your boyfriend, your husband are really busy, it just makes your life so much easier. You're way likely to go get takeout, something like that. You just like have a plan and it's so easy to follow when you're at home. Today, I'm welcoming a new podcast sponsor, Shrink Grills. If you haven't heard about these yet, today is the day. Darian and I cannot wait to move to Florida and start our hosting era, and this is the perfect way to do it. These grills heat up to over 1,500 degrees in less than five minutes, and it uses the exact same infrared technology as the world's best steakhouses. So things are going to cook really fast. Your steaks can be ready in as little as three minutes, and salmon as well. Big salmon girly over here. We're trying to get all of our protein gains, and this delivers on flavor because everything is juicier on a grill. They also have a dip tray at the bottom. This is probably my favorite feature of these grills. You can let all the steak juices just drip to the bottom of the drip tray and then it's going to create these brown bits and you can add butter, spices, oils into that dip tray also and then pour all the juices back onto the steak and this makes such a big difference in flavor. This this grill isn't just for steak, though. You can also cook chicken wings, hamburgers, seafood, even pizza with their pizza stone accessories. So if you've been on the fence for your summer grilling, look no further and get your shrink grill today. That's spelled S-C-H-W-A-N-K, shrink grills. You can use code FUNANDGAINS to get $150 off a shrink grill. I totally agree. Whenever I'm more prepared... It really sets you up for success versus the weeks where you go into the fridge on Monday and you're like, oh, (laughs) I got nothing. And yeah, that I totally agree. And I think that's some really good advice. And I've tried to be better too. I don't know if you do this, but I've tried to be better about like, um, if we do have like a pasta dish or something and, you know, we don't eat all of it for leftovers the next day. I've been trying to just put it in a Tupperware and freeze it. Like we used to just throw it out. And then I was like, why am I not just freezing it? And that also has been so key for when those times we do get home, we're like, mm, there's nothing for dinner. I'm like, well, I have freezer full of different meals we've had in the past like month. And being able to heat that up is really helpful. And I feel like if you're listening and you're a college student, that would be really helpful. I feel like I used to do that in college sometimes where I would like get some meals at like my parents and then freeze them for exams or stuff like that when you're super busy and just like don't want to think about cooking. I know I feel like freezer meals are like so unglamorous and some people probably think I'm very uncool saying that, but they truly are so helpful. Wait, that's cool. I've never thought of freezing them, but I do. I know when I make dinner, I try to make leftovers. So I have lunch for the next day. That's like my big hack. It's like, if I'm going to cook, I always try to cook just a little bit extra. So I have lunch for the next day. And that really, really helps me, especially because lunch is the hardest time because it's just so crazy and busy where dinner is a lot easier for me to manage. So love, love that. But freezing, I should do that too. 
Yeah, the freezing. And we're big fans. We do that lunch leftovers pretty much every day because even with us not having kids, like just the idea of waking up in the morning and trying to like make a lunch, it just feels so much easier to grab whatever we had for dinner. Yeah, that's so if you freeze it, do you put it in like a bag or a Tupperware and then you just like put it in the microwave to thaw? I really, really like putting them in a Tupperware. Like obviously I can't okay. do it with like a salad or something, but any like we do a lot of like rice bowls like pastas anything like that we put in a tupperware because then you can just put it straight into the microwave i have done soups in like a freezer bag before but then it's a little bit more of an ordeal to defrost them you have to like remember to take it out and like leave it out on the counter or whatever um which i'm not good at doing so i like the tupperware (laughs) tupperware hack i love that all right everyone try your freezer your freezer meals (laughs) everybody your freezer back up i love that if you had to give the listeners, a piece of advice about making all of this part of a lifestyle, what would you, what would that advice be? I feel like it's so cliche, but it has to be in small steps and small steps that you can imagine doing for the rest of your life. Like I just feel like if you're someone who maybe doesn't really exercise very often and you wake up one morning, you're like, I'm going to go to the gym for an hour, seven days a week. Like that's a big jump. I think being like, I'm going to, you know, start working out or I'm going to start going for walks like three times a week for 20 minutes. I think that's so much easier. And there's so much research behind when we start making progress or when we start achieving goals, it builds this like very internal intrinsic motivation where you want to keep setting more goals and keep doing more and more. So if you start with something where you're like, maybe thinking to yourself, oh, that will be almost too easy to do good because then you're going to achieve it. You're going to be proud of yourself. And then you're going to want to, you know, challenge yourself to do that workout like five times a week, six times a week. I think it applies if like stretching at the gym is your downfall, like instead of trying to force yourself every day, like, can you start, you know, after legs, I'm always going to stretch or find like that little where it feels sustainable and doable. And then as soon as that's part of your actual routine, build on that. And I think that that just goes so much further than the kind of like all or nothing. You have to all of a sudden make like a complete 180 um, of your life overnight. I love it. That is that is a good golden negative always just starting small because you have to build that confidence and that trust within yourself. Because I know a lot of people have gone into it saying, oh, I'm going to do this. And then they don't do it. And it just, it's defeated. A lot of people are defeated on this journey and just feeling down. So I think very approachable and almost easy goals, just like you said, to help make it easy. Yeah. And I think it's okay. I think I said this earlier, but it's also okay if you're not doing exactly what someone else is doing. Like Mm -hmm. if you're really not into like weightlifting or Pilates or whatever is like really popular, if you want to do like some more obscure form of movement, or if you have a very like particular way you want to do your meals, like that's totally fine. I think, especially now with social media, it can be very inspiring, but the way algorithms work sometimes, like I know my entire TikTok feed can be like everyone talking about Pilates. And then it's almost like easy to get brainwashed and be like, well, no other workout exists right now. Everyone's talking about Pilates. And I think even for me, sometimes I have to remind myself that it's totally cool if everyone else is doing X, Y, and Z, and I want to do something completely different. And I think that goes for, like I said, your movement, your diet, how you structure your routine. That's amazing. 
I'm going to end on this question of what is one thing you would tell your younger self? Ooh, that's a good one. I feel like one thing I would tell my younger self is similar to what I maybe touched on a bit earlier in a different context is I wish that I could have been slowing down when I was younger and less rigid in my routines and my plans and everything. I feel like as I've moved into my later 20s, the ability to be flexible and kind of appreciate the day that I'm in has been just such a like nice shift in my lifestyle, in my mental health. I just feel like when you're young, you don't realize how short life is and how fast it's already going to go by anyways. And I just don't think that there's any point in trying to rush things. Like I know I really worked hard to like, you know, I was fully graduated from physio school at 24, which I was proud of. But then I remember being like 26 and I was like, I've already been doing this for two years. Like what was the big rush that I felt like I couldn't you know, do a semester away or do all these other experiences in college because I was so focused on, I have to get this done as fast as possible. Um, So there's a lot of things where I wish that I had in retrospect, like slowed down, maybe done an option that maybe doesn't get me to where I want to go the fastest, but it's something that I enjoy or, you know, it maybe will have a payoff, but it's like that longer term payoff sort of thing. That's really cool. Actually. I, I love that you said that because I am with you on sometimes I feel a little rushed on getting to the destination, but then you miss the journey. And yeah, yeah. I think that's such a good reminder, especially for anybody who's younger or even us. We're still young. Like <laughs> who totally, are we kidding? Yeah, right. So young. Totally. And I, you know, I think that's the same um, beyond like wellness. I think that goes mm-hmm. to like career. I think, you know, if you're someone growing your social media. You don't have to, you know, kill yourself to hit, you know, certain numbers right away. You don't have to graduate from school at a certain age. Um, I think that extends even to people's personal lives. I know now that like we're in our, you know, later 20s, there's lots of like pressure around getting married, having kids, um, all of that. And I know I've been having lots of conversations with people I love lately too, that everyone's kind of in their own um, a season of life. And there's just no, no point in rushing if you're, you know, going to miss out on things that are happening that are right in front of you. Yeah. I love that. And I love just the thought that everyone has their own timeline. And sometimes when we're younger, we have, Oh, this is going to happen at this point, And this is how it's going to look. And it doesn't always work out that way. And your, your timeline is going to look so different than everybody else's. So that's always a nice reminder. Yeah. And I think it's the same with goal setting. I love goal setting, but I think sometimes like, you know, having a five-year plan when you're 20 is great, but I think having flexibility that if that five-year plan, that goal plan doesn't work out, that that's not going to be the end of the world and that you're allowed to pivot and make changes as you go is really helpful to keep in mind. Oh, I love that so much. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Haley. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yes. I've been trying to get you on for so long and it's just been hit and miss and hit. And I'm like, nope, we're doing this. I'm so grateful you took the time to be able to come on. I know a lot of people are going to be able to one, feel your vibe and just know that you are such a pure and genuine person who spreads light and knowledge and just you're a great expert in the field. And I hope everyone took away some great tidbits from today's episode. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. This was, like you said, long overdue and I so loved chatting about everything.
Oh, good. Well, go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you on social media so they can spam you. Yeah. So best place to find me is on Instagram. It's just my name at Haley Perry. Would love for you to come join for the wellness stuff, the pelvic floor stuff. And my messages are always open if you have any questions about the rapid fire anatomy lesson that we did today. (laughs) I love it. We're educated women now. We're ready to conquer and take over the world. We're ready for it. So thank you so much. And everybody give her so much love and spam her. Thank you all so much for listening and we'll talk to you all next week for some more fun and games. Bye. You're listening to the fun and games podcast with your host, Brittany Lupton. Thanks for listening to another episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review this podcast and we'll see you all next time for some more fun and games. Bye. Bye.